Jim Kawakami, the editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area. Tim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami, who's covered the NBA for over two decades, and more specifically, the Golden State Warriors over the last 12 years. This is the TK Show. Everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from the home studio. Same feed, different company with with Odyssey now. I'm really happy to start this TK Show life, this iteration with someone who's been on the show many times before, but in in a different sort of, not guys, because that kind of makes it seem like you're in disguise. You are not in disguise. You are who you always are. The uh, new ESPN NBA analyst and former Warriors GM and president is Bob Myers. Bob, how are you doing today? I'm well. I don't know how many times I've been on, but I always enjoy it. So (laughs) thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, you you love this. This is like what you've missed from your time with the Warriors. I'm sure. I just want to talk to Cal Comey more. I mean, that's right. A one, <laughs> got to get on that. But you got me. But you, I still matter. I I guess because otherwise you still you matter. Oh, no, Bob Mar, yeah. you still matter. Absolutely. Okay. All right. What, what, Great. Okay. Yeah. You 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 leave the org- well, I guess your contract ran out in June. Whatever. But you you, yep. you know, made the announcement before that. It's about been about five months. Bob, what's, mm-hmm. you know, not having this job and, and doing what you're doing, obviously with ESPN and, and other things, what, what's been the, what's the last five months been like for you? Oh man, it's uh, a big question. Uh, I, a lot of different emotions, Tim, I think I, the, the clarity around the decision remains sound. I, I don't look back and, and wonder if I should have stayed or not. For me, it was the right decision. And so that's the best part is just having that clarity and knowing what I did was right for me. The hardest thing not being with the Warriors is the people that I have relationships with that I just don't get to see as much. Whether that's Mike Dunleavy, who's, who's just a really good friend, who I do, do still talk to a lot, Steve, um, a lot of the players, Steph, Draymond, Clay, um, coaches, uh, Joe, Kirk, Ken, I mean, all, all these people, Ansia, these people um, – that Larry Harris, I mean, I just, they were, they were my friend. They are my friends, but I just don't get to talk to them as much. And so that's, that's been hard to be honest um, because you're in these bunkers with these people and you develop such a closeness to each day, each game, each transaction, uh, the highs and lows and everything in between. And you, for me, I enjoyed going through that with a lot of those people. And I just don't get to do that anymore. But I guess I reconcile that with the idea of I wasn't – if I had stayed, I, it wouldn't be fair to them because I, I couldn't give what was required. And so part of leaving was a responsibility to the organization, to the fans, to uh, players, the coaches, Joe, that for, to, to, to do that job, Tim, at least the way I did it, you just kind of have to be – it has to be everything. Um, and I just couldn't do that. And so – accepting that realizing that and dealing with that it's a process but i'm happy and um i'm looking at new and different things and like you said the espn stuff and so it's just a it's just a transition and it's been like like many would assume some days that are fantastic some days well what's how am i you know do i what do i i wish i could talk to that person more uh, the competition you miss so there's a lot of different emotions around it when did you know know that this you were going to be leaving the Warriors? I, I mean, I I admit I I had heard it and everyone had kind of heard it, but I thought you know what he's just gonna you know he doesn't want to walk away from Steph. It's going to be tough. But I've since heard that like, you probably kind of knew 
two months before, would you say? Maybe before the, before the end of the regular season? I'm not saying, you know, obviously you were working as hard as I'm No, I know. Play, yeah, that you were yeah. mentally not there. But when did you know? I had a thought going – when you're going to the last year of your deal, you've probably done that in your career or people listening or watching. You know, I guess it's a little different in sports. You do these contracts, and when you're going into the last year, you if you don't have a deal beyond it, you start thinking, well – what if I, what if this is it? So those thoughts come into your head, but I purposefully kind of pushed it away and said, I don't have to make a decision until I have to make a decision. And so I waited as much as I could and just focused on the team and the playoffs. And then when the season ended um, and there was a thought that that game in Sacramento might be the last game of our, our season. And I'm so glad that Curry did what he did to preserve because uh, it would have been so hard. Not that, Losing to the Lakers was a fun way to end my Warriors tenure. But that, that game seven is one of the most memorable games I think I've seen with what Curry did. And to get to experience that and then go one more round gave me a little more time to think about what I thought was best. And then when the season ended, we lost to the Lakers. I just took a little time. I talked to Joe. He was really nice and said, hey, think about it. Um, and I said I would. And it's never good to make those decisions right after you lose. But I thought about it, talked to my family, um, you know, just spent some time thinking by myself and realized that what was best for me was just to, but I, but I didn't really go there, Tim, until I, until the very end, but certainly I'm a human being. You think about, I had to think about life outside of the Warriors and if, what that would feel like, because you don't really know. Well, part of your life outside is your your time on ESPN, and people have I, I noticed it right away, and other people have mentioned it to me. Like one of the first things that they say is, "Man, he's really going for it on TV." I mean, you have been very energetic in in, in a way. Like I think we don't expect a, a you know a former general manager, former executive to be on a panel show. And I know you've had some experience with the great Chris Roberts uh, doing UCLA radio. Mm. I think it was radio, right? Yeah. Radio games. But beyond that, you had mm-hmm. not a lot of experience other than obviously appearing on TK shows. Very, very great experience. Yes. Uh, and other times as, you know, serving as the general manager of the Warriors. But did you go into this? Like, you know, I'm going to bring some energy. Like, I'm not going to have Stephen A. Smith come at me and just be like, you've gone back and forth with these guys. Did, did that surprise you at all? Or was that a little bit of your idea going into it? I did not have that idea. It surprised me a little bit because there's a kind of congenial combative nature to it a little bit, especially with Stephen A, because he's, I I like him and I like his approach. I think he's hugely entertaining. He works unbelievably hard. Uh, Malika does a good job quarterbacking it. And Will Bond's just the statesman of all statesmen around sports. So it's a really great group of people. But just like you, when you are, in disagreement with somebody, it tends to elevate your energy a little bit, right? Or you can just sit back and say nothing, but letting something be said when you have a different opinion is just not, I don't think anybody's nature. And unless, you know, I don't respect the person or I, I don't care about the conversation, but, but in this situations I do, I I love basketball. I love the NBA. So when I have a thought, I'm going to say it as powerful as I can say it, but that's probably um, I don't go into the set thinking that way. It, I, I end up there. I don't know why or how, but, but I'm never off the handle or never mad. It doesn't go to commercial and I'm pounding the table <laughs> and I'm upset. Stephen A., I can't believe you said that or Wilbon or Malika. 
I, I don't do that. If the people are really nice. Um, David Roberts, the guy that um, hired me, the, the, the people are really supportive and at least they've been fantastic with me. So, um, but you're right. That energy thing um, may, may be a little surprised myself. You think I should dial it down? A little no, bit? no. Oh, I when people no. are bringing it up, I say Myers, <laughs> Myers didn't go on TV to suck, right? You, you right? I, I, maybe that wasn't in your mind thought, but I just like I just saw someone like I'm not going to be here and be boring, <laughs> right? Like, sure. Part yeah. of there is yeah. a performance aspect to it. I mean, you're trying yep. to provide information, uh, and I'll and I've said this like sometimes when you argue with somebody on TV, you means you respect that person. And I think you brought it up with Stephen A. Like. I respect Stephen A, but also like I know there's parameters to which we both can go that we're gonna be, be okay with it. It's it's part of mm-hmm. you know being on television. And I don't I'm not saying all yeah. these things are flashing through your mind as it happens, but I imagine your producers are pretty happy with that energy, right? I mean Yeah, I I I've gotten again, it's hard because yes, they have given me good feedback. I don't know, Tim, what people I really don't. I don't know what people really want to see or hear or what the audience is looking for, because as a former front office executive, I don't know how detailed they want things explained. I don't know how much they want to understand what's behind the curtain. So there's this balancing act of being entertaining one, like you said, being informative, trying to provide a lens that maybe they don't know or haven't seen. So you're trying to calculate all that in your mind, or I'm trying to do that. And when it all comes out, I don't know how it lands, you know, it, and, and by the way, I wouldn't take offense if you're talking to Marcus or Schlater and you go, he's that, he does not know what he's doing. Like, <laughs> you could be completely right, you know, or they could be, or some, somebody watching could say he sucks and that's their perspective of it. Um, but I do want to try and I do want to give it um, the best I can give it with what I've experienced. I mean, I've been an agent for 14 years with the Warriors for, I guess it was 12 or 13 I only know the NBA and the business side of the NBA and have, have a lot. I've seen a lot, just like you. I mean, we've known each other 20 something years. We can right. laugh about Kobe Bryant, about UCLA basketball, about the Lakers in the, in the late nineties and the early two thousands and now the Warriors. And so just like you, where does all that come out? What's interesting to people? What's not interesting. That's the part that I still don't quite no, but I'll, I'll keep working at it. And, and I said, like I said, it's a, it's a process and I haven't done it enough to really have a rhythm for it. And some of the things, and, and I'm sure you knew this going in, you know, you start, you talked about like, what do you do with a Clay Thompson extension or, and you said, you know, this is why I, you know, these are one of the reasons I'm not there anymore. And I did not take it the same. Like I did not want to deal with the Clay Thompson extension. You, your point, right. if I may, like, I assume it's like these sorts of discussions are very difficult uh, and they're mm-hmm. not just about this year. They're about three years down the road or four years down the road. But also another right. time when you're talking about Harden and you said, like, yeah, I go to Steph Curry and I say, what do you want? And everyone's like, okay, that's he went to Steph Curry and said, who do you want, Draymond or Jordan Poole? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. I mean, I assume you know that yeah. when you're saying these things. I mean, mm-hmm. or do you, are you surprised? Yeah, I mean, no, I, I, I try. I think there's this assumption that I don't want or I, I'm an unwilling to give an honest opinion of the Warriors. But that what I'm giving is an honest opinion. If people want to try to connect dots outside of that, I can't stop them from doing that. But when I talk about the Warriors, I'm going to talk about it from a very intimate, personal place. And that's just because that's the truth. I'm not talking about any team. And so when I talk about a Curry or when I talk about 
Dunleavy or Kerr or any of the players, I'm going to be sensitive or respectful of who they are um, as people. But if somebody wants to jump to the fact of, did I approach Curry? Because I talked to Curry, he makes every executive decision. I can't stop them from doing that because there's a nuance to all this. Yes, you, you, if you're smart in any front office job, the Chiefs should talk to Patrick Mahomes. You know, I'm sure they did before they traded Tyreek Hill and explained it to him. That's different than saying, do you think we should ask for a second-round pick back for Tyreek Hill <laughs> or a first-round pick? Or, that's not what happens. So for the people that are wondering, um, there is a partnership. Some players, not a ton, like a Curry, Mahomes, they earn the right to be partners in the process. Steph Curry never um, forced anything. And that, it's just not his nature. But did he want to be informed? Yeah, he's, he deserves that. If anybody deserves it, it's, it's him. I mean, amongst every athlete I've ever encountered, you might say there's no one more deserving of what's going on in the organization than Steph Curry. So, but, but if you know him, and I think a lot of the fans do, as do you, he's not a closet general manager. The, the, the best compliment he gave me always was, you're better at this than I am. Um, but that didn't mean I didn't go to him and say, this is what we're thinking. It's just smart business. But if people want to take a line from countdown and make it the reason why pool got traded, you know, that, that's fine. Whatever they can, they can do that if they want, but that's not the reality of it. So. Yeah. And the fact that Steph does not say, Hey, bang, bang, bang. This is what you makes it even more important. I think when, to listen to him because he's not trying to impose his will, but you want to know what he thinks. Uh, and that conver- it's a conversation, right? I mean, it's uh, what do we feel about the way this team is going, the way thing, and it's a conversation you would have with Steve, right? I mean, I just imagine many, many times. Yeah, and look, you have a choice to do it and engage or not. And to the people watching, listening, the answer is not to inform. That is not the answer, right? To not tell your best player, maybe in the history of the organization, most likely for the next however many years you don't not talk to them, but over time you develop a relationship where you can have these conversations and say, let me bring you into this conversation and hear your thoughts. And sometimes your, the thoughts are, this is what I'm thinking, but, but if you end up going this way, I understand, or this is what I'm thinking. Um, I just want to know this. And then that, that part of the question is answered. And then after that, they say, okay, Hey, or Curry would say, Hey, that's fine. I mean, obviously, on the Durant stuff, it's fascinating because when I remember when we lost to – I've told this story before. When we lost game seven in Oakland, the next morning, Tim, we had uh, exit interviews. And I've said this before. So it's me and my desk, and then across from me, each player would come in individually. And we had just lost, I suppose, at 8 o'clock the night before. So this is probably – 12, 14 hours removed from a game seven home loss of the NBA finals, which is probably the most pain or closest to the summit you can get without reaching it. I mean, you can't get any closer. So it's, and at home too. So it's just a brutal feeling. And I remember Curry coming in and looking at him and, and um, we were talking about the season and the team. And at the end of it, I said, Hey, what if, what if Durant wanted to come? Like, what if, after free, I think free agency was like five days away. I said, if Durant wants to meet with us or if he would be willing to, or if he's taking meetings, what do you think on that? And 
I was looking at how he would, his body language, you know, because there's ways to, people aren't gonna be able to see me, but there's ways to say yes and no, right? He could have said, looked at the floor and said, yeah, I mean, whatever you want. That's, I mean, if you want me to, that's a no, right? That's a no. <laughs> yes. That's, I don't want this, yeah. right? Could have just said, no way, this is my team. We just lost. I'm not sharing the spotlight with anybody. But the beauty of Curry um, is he looks me in the eye and he says, you think, you think he'd want to come here? And I said, I don't know. I said, but if he, if he takes meetings and we have a meet, like wh- where are we at with it? If it's a possibility. And uh, he looks me in the eye and says, yeah, I mean, for sure. And so that's, that's a lens into to Curry's selflessness because you know, it, it's his team, it's his thing. But many people, and you know this by covering the league so long, would um, would have said no very quietly, and that and it would have never happened. And and I think the the reason why um, for me, I could have thought, let's go. If Durant five days later says I'm taking meetings, you're a team we want to meet with, then going there without having that conversation with Curry, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, that's stupid. So, so these are the type of things that type of conversations that are meaningful that maybe people don't quite get. Um, but yeah, it's not, it's not some, Hey, you, who should we draft? Do you decide? Or, <laughs> or if we trade this guy, we're going to get back a, a second round pick and it's protected. No, make it protected to this. That, that stuff doesn't really happen. <laughs> Here's how you, so. you fr- we frame the deal here. You yeah. know, third year, you need this accelerator. To, uh, well, obviously. Yeah, no, no, exactly. I, I am. Sh- I imagine you're following the Warriors very closely. Start off very nicely. Now, five losses in a row, including in the last home loss last night to Oklahoma City. We are recording this on Friday morning. Um, as you look at it, are you thinking like, as a general manager, I would have had to do this now. You know, you know what, what would you have done in this moment? Where would your head have been? I'm not saying – I know you want to avoid like, hey, this is what Mike Dunleavy has to do. I know you don't want to do that. But I'm just saying like where would your head be at in this moment or where is it now? With Where is Draymond suspended for four more games? Steph's missed two games. We don't know how many more. Things don't look mm-hmm. great. Uh, losing home games. Joe does not look very happy on the sidelines there. Uh, where would your head space be right now? Well, when I greeted you this podcast, I would not have done this podcast yes. if I'd known they'd be lost. Yeah. So people listening, this was agreed to about <laughs> seven or ten days ago, right? This was not – I'm not coming on um, in no, – you know, no, this isn't like you called no, me no, last not night. At all. Right? Yeah, okay, no so no I just question. want to make that clear. So people are going to assume Myers came on because the team is – that's not, no, that's no, not no. the deal. Total um, opposite. So, look. Total opposite. Yeah, exactly. They were doing better. Um, <laughs> so I would say this. Um, this is some, this is adversity in its form. This is, this happens in a season. This is a tough moment, right? Curry's hurt, Draymond suspended. You're going to go through that stuff. We went through that every year. I'm trying to think of a year, 14, 15. We probably didn't have any, which is crazy to say that first championship. And you were there covering that. So, and then 16, 17, Durant's first year. Those years of 12, I think, for me, were the only ones where it felt like a smooth ride without any bumps. It's normal to have adversity. So, so it's here, right? Now, this, this adversity could have come 20 games into the season. It could have come 40. It could have come 60. But it, it's coming for every team. So for fans, I would say this is the moment. Now, the, the hard part is, Tim, is how long are you going to be in it? 
Like how long do you sit in the adversity? The good news for the Warriors is Joe, Joe, Joe's a winner and he's, you, you mentioned he's not happy. Well, he cares to the highest level as, as you and I both know. So he will continue to lead, continue to provide resources to figure all this out. Steve's one of the best coaches ever to coach. Um, you can't have a better guy leading the charge. Don Levy, I think is a fantastic GM. He's, he's, He's a friend. He's going to do whatever it takes to get this thing in the right direction. You've got Curry. You've got all these great leaders in place. So now it's up to them to align and say, let's figure out a way out of this. And sometimes it just happens. Clay could start making more shots. Wiggins guys are better than they're playing. That's one part. They're just better. They're not, they're not this bad of shooters. So they're going to make more shots. Um, But this is, this is part of the program. What would I be doing? You know, obviously the dream on stuff is the dream. You know, you got that. You you hope that if if that's me, I'm saying, hey, this is that's it, right? So so you you made your mistake, game whatever ten. So now you you, you can't make any more. And I, and I I would assume he'd look me in the eye and say, yeah, okay, and say so you, you kind of used up your mulligan early. Um. So now we got to get through the, the rest of the eighteen holes. And I think he would agree. He would say, you're right. I can't. It's not good for the team. It's not good for him. I don't think he would push back on that. Um, the West is really hard. Uh, it's going to be a challenge not only for the Warriors, but for every team. But it's it's the part of the job where the character, the people really matter, and the people I mentioned in the leadership roles are well-equipped, Tim, to, w- w- without me, they're all well-equipped and have been there in some way, shape, or form before, whether it's Curry or Joe or <clears throat> Steve or Mike. They're not brand new to this stuff. And so I would trust that they'll, they'll figure it out. And if that requires doing nothing, they'll do nothing. If that requires doing some, or that's conversations or that's Steve changing lineups. I don't, that's why he's him. But um, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I would have great confidence. I do have great confidence that they will get through all this stuff and get back on track and be a better version than they are today on Friday after kind of having some stumbles. You mentioned the Draymond Mulligan. Is that literally almost like conversation you've had through the years? I just think, I mean, my presumption is, I mean, having gone through it, obviously covered, you know, last year, obviously punching Jordan and and everything that, that the franchise had to go through. And we know there's been other things with Draymond. Almost was like, okay, that's your one Draymond? Is, is almost literally the conversation you had? Well, I mean, every conversation's just like you and I. They're all different. They're all unique to that specific situation. But... The best thing about Draymond, the thing people may not know is, at least my relationship with Draymond, he he will listen. He does listen. If I ever felt like he wasn't listening, um, I wouldn't waste my time. But he will listen. And I think that's the misconception with Draymond. He doesn't listen to anything anybody says, just does whatever he wants. I think he listens, but he still makes mistakes. And so if I ever felt like in my relationship with him, he stopped listening or I wasn't getting through or he felt like he knew everything Then I would have said years ago, it's not worth my time. I mean, he's not going to listen to me. He's not going to listen to anybody. So what I would do is keep trying and just say, look at, I know who you are. Um, and I think you're better than what these, these things that happen. That's not you. And many people would people against him would say, yes, they are. And then I would say, you don't even know him. I kind of know him. Um, 
But when you're an athlete of his stature or any athlete and you've covered, like I've said, so many of them, this is this this is the life you sign up for. Your your mistakes are, you know, you and I make them in our worst moments. They're not blasted around to the world. Um, you know, if 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 I'm if I make a mistake, people might see that, but hope you know. But but if he does, they're absolutely seeing it uh, or any player. So it's really about meeting a guy, whether it's Draymond or any player, in my opinion, or coach, anybody in the organization. I always tried to approach it from. Um, I'm not going to abandon you now, right? I'm not going to dump out of it now. Just like with, with with what Wiggins went through last year, it's you have a choice. You can support or you can kind of get upset. And I don't know what that, that accomplishes, right? That doesn't accomplish anything. So I, I know that those people, there's, there's many people that have been there a long time and you know, a lot of them, this is where you lean on your relationships. This is where Steve having coached Draymond for as long as he has and, and Stephen Clay played with him and where they just say, let's, that's not who we are. That's not who you are. Let's be a proud brand. Let's represent the team in a way that, that um, it deserves. And I think all those things I'm sure are happening. Uh, but again, I, I, I'm, I'm super confident that Mike and Steve and Joe and, and like I said, Steph and anybody in those roles are, are going to navigate this in the best way possible. You kind of jokingly at your goodbye presser said, Hey, I, maybe I'll, I'll help out on Draymond. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you can't say, have you, have you helped out on Draymond unless? Well, I mean, I would say we we talk. And I'll always talk to Draymond. And it's not because I'm trying to help the Warriors win games. And I, I think I said this, I don't know what I said at my press conference. I talked a lot. But if I leave, if I left there, Tim, without relationships, where I couldn't talk to Draymond or Steve or Joe or Steph or Clay or any Iguodala, any guy, Livingston, guys that been there, then what was the point? Now, fans probably would say the point is to win and that that's awesome I, i'm kind of a fan now so i'm kind of like go win but for me as a person what was my favorite part was the people that i got to go through these things with so in five years or how many years Draymond's not going to be playing for the warriors um but i hope we're still talking just like with steve and and all the other stuff and everybody that have been through and and um so i'm, gonna, I'm not going to not talk to him I, I don't view that as much of a relationship if you I, I used to work at the LA times. You probably still have some friends that, you know, it's not like you left and don't talk to anybody. That's this misnomer of professional sports is, well, if you're not on the team, you're not going to talk to anybody. For me, that's, that's just not how I operate. And so I'll always talk to him and I'll always root for him in life. Cause I think he's got a huge potential to do a lot of great things. Um, but in specific situations, I'm, <laughs> I'm not disciplining him anymore. I'm not, I'll be a friend. Um, and I, like I said, I, I, and, and I think he feels the same way. I mean, he, he came over on Halloween and he, his family. So he, he, you know, it's like you have relationships, I have relationships. Um, he's just such a big figure in the Bay area, right? He's so polarizing in so many ways um just the bay area bob like well all right, all right yeah we're, yeah exactly so yeah so anyways uh i you knew chris paul i'm sure you've known chris paul over the years uh at all surprised at that move had you some inklings that you, that might happen when while you were still in charge and 
how do you think you know just seeing that personality blend into the obviously the big personalities the warriors have already how, how have you seen that from afar yeah i i'm not there so i'm i'm seeing you may even see more than i see behind the scenes if you're at games i haven't been to a game <clears throat> yet or practice or anything but from what i read and see and hear um everything seems to be what the Warriors were hoping for, which was somebody to stabilize the second unit, um, somebody that was kind of a win-now move, um, was a vet, was a leader of sorts. And so that's what they're all communicating, and I believe that to be true. I wasn't. It wasn't like I got a call from Joe and they said, we're thinking about this Chris Paul thing. Um, you know, Dunleavy and I talk, but we talk about all kinds of stuff. So he mentioned it as a possibility, and um, – but I didn't say I would do that or I wouldn't do that. I just said whatever, you know, whatever Steve and you guys think is best. But he didn't, he wasn't asking me for my opinion. Mm -hmm. He was just telling me. Um, so I think, unfortunately, it felt at the end that, that maybe the pool stuff needed some kind of solution. You know, I, I didn't know what that solution would be or should be. But the Chris Paul one, as far as maximizing Steph's op options, felt like a a one where they could give him a chance to have that kind of guy that had played in the playoffs and had been around. And um, that, that I'm guessing was the, was the thought. And so far, you know, they haven't, like I said, it seems like they haven't had their ultimate health and, and there's players on the Warriors specifically Clay and Wiggins that can be a lot better and will be a lot better than they are. Um, so I still don't think we've seen the best version of this. And Chris, I think Steve's still figuring out um, closing lineups Second unit lineups, you know, Pajemski comes in, has a great game, and now where, where does he fit? Uh, Trace, their rookies look fantastic. Once, once they got rid of me, they, you know, and all your former picks, yeah, 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 right, yeah, 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 Who did yeah, Bob draft? Him. Okay, yeah, we gotta get rid of them. So, <laughs> which is which is really it's actually yeah. So they they did a great job there, and um, yeah. So look, I I totally understand it, and and it's to me they've got a great chance. Um, if they stay healthy and get in some kind of positive rhythm, come out of this kind of little minute of adversity here, Chris can fit in great. And I think it should fit in great. And, and especially with Steph, while I was there, we always tried to find um, somebody to manage the game next to him. And often that was Livingston. Iguodala was huge in that role. Draymond was kind of that point forward. But Steph always functioned well always functions well with that kind of player and Chris can be that kind of player next to next to Steph. Another tricky question, but I'll be just pretend you're on the ESPN panel and you're gonna answer all the questions <laughs> for you. Yeah, sure. Steve yeah. Kerr now on you know on an expiring contract. Uh I don't think it's comparable to your situation. I just think Steve wants to be there and they want him back. Obviously you have to negotiate the number and the coaching numbers have gone sky high recently all to the better. I think coaches should be paid that much. Um, do you compare it? Like, is, is this a moment in your mind? Like may, maybe Steve and the Warriors are not, not going to last forever or your mind like, ah, this thing's going to get worked out. I, I think the uh, latter, it seems to me that, um, Steve really wants to be there. Um, even, you know, was, I don't know how long, but he definitely wants to be there. This to be his last year. So years out, he wants to be with the Warriors and I think he should be. And I think feel like the Warriors are feeling the same way. I don't, I don't sense any part of the organization that doesn't want Steve there. He's been, been unbelievable for the team. Um, he's almost the best you could find as far as a front facing coach in any sport. And as a, just an unbelievable human being. And I think Steph would 
probably echo some of that same sentiments as far as wanting to see it through with Steve. So I see a lot of alignment and I just see a situation where two motivated people and or the Warriors um, and Steve just haven't kind of clicked on that specific number or whatever it might be. But I'd, I'd be very surprised if that didn't get worked out at some moment in time. And I don't sense any discord. I don't sense any idea that Steve's not going to be their coach or they don't want him to be their coach. And I think, um, and like I said, his situation, my, my leaving the Warriors wasn't out of frustration or out of money. My, for, my leaving the Warriors was more kind of like 12 years. I did everything I thought I could do. Um, brought in Mike, thought he could be great in the role. Uh, and just said, kind of for, in my mind, my work is kind of done. I did everything. J- Joe had just bought the team and, and just showed up and Kirk was there. Um, so they had been there a year when I got there, they're 12 years in, they know the business. When, when I first got there, I, I'd been in the business much longer than they had, but they, they know so much now Kent is there. So he's eight or nine years on the job. Um, for me, it was more like you guys can, you guys are well-equipped. Mike's well-equipped, but I think Steve He's not going to hand off the coaching responsibilities to anybody. So I, I see a solution. I don't know when, but I, I imagine they'll figure something out. As the veteran podcaster that you are, you've segued very nicely into my next topic was going to be. So, Bob, you have clarity on what you want to do next? I mean, you're doing the TV now. Uh, could you do the TV for many more years? Or are you thinking, you know, there's there's something big out there for me maybe pretty soon? I don't know, Tim. I don't. The good news is I don't have to answer that right now. I'm really enjoying the TV. Um, like I said, the people are great. It's a good time for me to kind of experience something different, um, not feel the weight of managing a team. doesn't mean, I don't know if that doesn't mean I'll never do that again, but for this moment in time, um, it feels right doing what I'm doing and it it could, it could continue to feel right for, for as long as I maybe wanted or hoped. Um, So I don't sit here right now looking at who might need a GM next year. I, I'm not doing any of that stuff. Um, I know what that job is. I know the responsibility of, I know what that requires. If that's what I wanted, I would have stayed where I was. Um, and, and what will I feel like two years from now, three, we'll do another podcast and I'll, <laughs> I'll tell you where I'm at. I'll tell you where I'm at then. Uh, yes. so, you know, no, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So it's, but I, I, um, I will. I gotta get to a Warriors game at some point. You know, I gotta. I gotta look at the schedule because I miss. I miss the games. I really miss. I miss seeing a lot of those people in person, and I miss the games. The games are pretty amazing, and Chase Center's. It's an awesome place. Um, the fans are just, I think, the best in the NBA, and so I. I, um, I do miss that. I haven't been to a game which. If you love the NBA, I love the NBA. I, I, that's the hard part. I haven't been to many games this year. You've been to two 49ers games. So I, so I am. I have been yeah, trying to get been you. Been to more 49ers games. Yeah. I've been trying to get you a job with them, by the way. Special <laughs> consultant or special well, advisor. That, that water boy. Yeah. Janitor. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, you got the Bozy deal done. That's what I, I've nah, heard that. Nah, nah, a general nah, manager on that nah. team. That you, but, like, yeah, boy. you do have a love for the, for football, right? You, you do have. Oh, a, yeah. Football. Football's. I mean, that. that the thing I like about football is, um, you know, it's the, what's fascinating about the NBA is the superstars, right? They're so powerful. And, and I think, um, football, unless you're the star quarterback, it's a team, right? It's a team. 
it's a defense, it's an offense, and, the, and bringing together 40, 50 people and trying to row in the right same direction seems to me a great challenge to build out something like. I think in the NBA, if, if I went to the store and bought a puzzle, the NBA puzzle is like 20 pieces, right? It's 20, the NFL puzzle, trying to put that together, is a 100-piece puzzle. And that's, to me, the fascinating part about the NFL is there's offense, there's defense, there's special teams, there's the salary cap. The, the way they structure deals, which you're very knowledgeable about, is, is kind of like, wait, I thought this guy signed a deal for $20 million, now he's now he's making four? You know, that, that, that flexibility is fascinating. Um, the hard cap is actually fascinating, too, because there's a parity that comes with the hard cap where – it, the rules, you, you can't have one team spending $300 million and one team spending 150 It just doesn't work that way. So there's a yeah, equality to it. Um, and there's a part where um, every game is so meaningful, right? And that's why you see, you've seen the – can you explain to the people why, how, the, the intensity of a post-game NFL – you can't do yeah, it, right? No, no. Well, it, I mean – yeah, you it, can, it, but you've seen it. Yeah, it's like one tenth of a season is just right, just just happened. And if they win, it's exhilaration. And if they lose, it's like like a crushing moment for anything. Three game losing I, streak is the end of the world, as when we just experienced with four niners. Yeah, the Warriors have lost five you, in a row, and that's a not yeah, great. But it's, it's one not, game. Yeah, it's, it's one game, right? Yeah. It's one NFL game. Yeah. Five in a row is one NFL game. Yeah. But I always listen to you because I can hear when you're asking the questions. <laughs> you absolutely don't shy away from that. You know how upset whoever the 49ers coach is, and I think you covered the Raiders when they were here. Mm-hmm. But you, you're kind of like some reporters. I feel like sense the tension in the room and go, "I'm not going to elevate the tension." Mm-hmm. And you, you personally are kind of like, this question needs to be asked. Yeah, yeah. I don't care how uncomfortable it makes you, which I think is a skill, you know? Yeah, you know, you know obviously skill. you're not trying to elevate the tension, but yeah, you, you got to ask some questions. Like there's some things that have to be asked. And I guess uh, to speak yeah, to speak about myself, yeah, I do believe I can phrase them in a way that the question's going to get answered, but it isn't going to make it worse, right? Like, phrase it in the context and i do appreciate that maybe coaches or whoever understand like steve doesn't love every one of my questions after games he doesn't that's okay at least there's context to it i'm trying to think through it and i do believe you have to ask him like you know kyle shanahan asked if he asked is steve wilkes a problem right now right he's not Mm going to say oh god yeah i can't believe yeah i'm glad you asked that he's no he's going to say something his answer is going to be something that gives us more information and yeah. I do believe it's funny whenever I do, whenever I was on the other end of your questions, I always knew you were going to ask the question I didn't want to answer, which is a compliment, right? It's a compliment because there's always these points of vulnerability um, in an organization, or there's a moment where you see where there's a problem and, you know, I would know Kawakami's going to ask that question. Right? <laughs> Kawakami's coming down that road. And when I hear you doing it with other people, I, I kind of <laughs> chuckle. I go, here, here comes Kawakami. <laughs> That's it. I mean, but you know you're going to have to answer the question. I mean, like, I know. Maybe, and maybe, I know. But it's not mean, Tim. It's not yeah. mean. Yeah. It's not mean. You're just it's, – it's, to me, it's a compliment because it's, it's smart. Because if I'm listening – I would want to know the, as a fan, that's the question I want somebody to ask. Right. As a GM, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I understood yeah. it. 
but I was kind of like, shit, I wish she didn't ask. <laughs> Which again, I do, I do think the people who can answer those questions don't, you know, they don't love it maybe, but they, they understand and respect that it's asked because you're going to have an answer, right? You're going to have an answer. Right. It's not like, you're, oh sure. my God, you were going to ask about Draymond punching Jordan. I can't believe you yeah. brought that yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, don't bring that up. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, that right. that's going to happen. And when Steve Wilkes and defense is struggling, Kyle's going to get asked about that. And I was like, I'm just going to ask. I did get Durant got mad at me once when I did something like that. It's like he got mad at Ethan. He was like, no one's going to talk about the game. And I said, well, mm-hmm. what do you think about the game? He did not like the tone of my voice. Uh, and yeah. me, he let me know, which was fine, which is fine. I get it. You know, Kevin and I have had a relationship. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, it, yeah. it, it happened, but he didn't. That's one time I probably, I mean, I do kind of want things to go. Like, can we get going here? I mean, I don't want just hemming and hawing. Like, let's get to what we're here for. And Kevin right. was mad. Like, if you want to ask me, you know, us, us ask about the game, okay, I'll ask you about the game. And he did not like the tone of my no, <laughs> You're the reason he left. I'm probably second on this list of people uh, that I just mentioned, uh, but that's okay. That's uh, good. That was that's a very funny. interesting time. We don't, we've, we've gone so long, we could go into all that, but uh, we, we right. shall not. Yeah. I will end this long podcast, but it's been great. I, I will say that. And I don't just say that for nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. With a version of a question I've asked you many times, I ask all my guests, Bob Myers, you are an avid book reader. You have given out recommendations to your teammates, to your players, to me, stuff I love to hear about. Mm-hmm. Bob, what's your favorite book right now? Actually, it's interesting. I read this one and I picked it up. at the, There's a bookstore near my, I love buying books. And I don't know where you buy them at the local mm-hmm. kind of support the small yeah. business stores. So there's one near my house in Laurel Heights. And um, I just saw it and I said, that's an interesting title. It's uh, called Demon Copperhead and it's by Barbara oh, Kingsolver. Yeah. Yep. And so I read it thinking, I didn't know what quality of, of writing it was going to be. I was thinking, is this kind of a, you know, the difference you're, you're kind of a writer. And kind so you, you don't know. <laughs> well, you know, no, my point is, well, you're not a, not I'm not a like a novelist. Not, yeah. <laughs> okay. So you're a writer. Sorry. <laughs> You're not a novel. As far as I know, you're not a novelist. No, no. I don't know. Maybe you've written fiction. So okay, so so I'm good. So you know, you know a heck of a lot more than I do about good writing versus kind of lazy writing. And so I picked it up. I didn't think, and I'm reading it. And I'm saying this is this is a good story, which I think you know you you could probably teach in English class, um, which is I think number one. And then two, the writing was was she's a really good writer. And so I read it, and it was it was a, it's a great story um, tells the story of this kind of troubled youth in a, in a bad area, a foster kind of kid. Um, and it was, it's, it's a really good story, but after I'd finished it, I got a text from Kerr um, maybe a couple weeks later. And he said, he said, Hey, you got to check out this book, Demon Copperhead. Mm-hmm. And I go, I, I didn't know it had kind of hit that kind of mainstream. And I was like, wait, I read that. He goes, I go, I read that. That was fantastic. It was a great book. And so it's always nice to get validated with a book because sometimes I don't know what resonates with, obviously there's the special books, all the light we cannot see all these ones that like hit everybody. Um, and so uh, that's a good one. And I, I'm not reading it right now, but, but that's a, that's a good one to, to recommend to people that I think a lot of people would like because it's not a specific thing. It tells the story. There's a lot of good characters in it. Um, it's just a good old fashioned story. So what are you doing? What are you reading? 
I know I just bought that. I bought that book on your, really? your, your Steve Kerr's recommendation, by the way. There so, you go. Yeah, I, I got to get to it. Uh, I'm re- I, I am reading actually that the new history of the Marvel comics uh, movies, uh, the, oh. the rise and whatever the reign of the MCU. You know, I don't know if you're you're not a mm-hmm. probably not a superhero movie. No, guy. I'm I'm not not not, not like intimately. But I, I, I am. I am. So okay. it's a fascinating because you know it's about organizations. It's about you know, committee meetings to try to make this better and how they got Robert Downey Jr. to play. I mean, that, that kind of stuff. I love hmm. it. It's very anecdotal. Uh, I'm not a nonfiction guy. I think I've told you and like, you guys and, you know, executives read all these how to think. Stuff. I don't. I don't. I don't. Tim. Yeah. I don't. I, I don't like Farhan. Maybe I should. Up, Maybe I would have yeah. been a better GM. I don't know. Farhan comes on and she's he's, he's all, you know, and, and I understand sociological stuff. And yeah, and I'm not as into those. Uh, I like fiction, but this one I like. Um, you know, and I am Demon Copperhead is absolutely up on my list. Absolutely, okay. there's a new Stephen. Check Steven, it out. Text me Steven, after you read it. Yeah, there's a new Stephen King, uh, like Holly. I think character running character. The Stephen King has all these millions of, of running yeah. characters, and I love this character. Yeah. Holly is the name of it. I'm that's definitely up. What was the first book he wrote with a character in it? God, Do you know, uh, with that one, um, God, I, I uh, man, you're well, so text good. me later. Text yeah, me later. I'll text, text you me later. It's it's I, I read, I've read. Yeah, I've probably read forty of his of his books. Yeah, but I stopped about ten years. But anyways, Mister might be Mister Murder. Mister Murder might be the one. She's kind of a very okay. side character. You know, they're all right. in New Hampshire. Like they're all these characters. I but, know. but this one, Mister Murder, and it kind of continues. Yeah. And she's the side character, the kind of quirky side character, and then she just grows. Each new novel, she gets bigger and bigger in. And now she, okay. I think it's, I think it's her. Novel. One. And King's great writer. He's cool. just a terrific writer. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, All right, and so. Demon Copperhead will be there, and I'll let you know what what I think of this. Okay, bro. also the okay. Slough. Thanks the, for having the Slough House what? series. It's the British. Uh, okay, you know, uh, investigate whatever a governmental body kind of tossed to the side. They're forgotten, and these kind of schlumpy, failed spies are kind of in this one little department, and these things happen to them. And it's also it's an okay. Apple TV series, uh, Slow Horse. Oh. Yeah. Okay. I'll yeah, check it out slow, right now. It's called Slow Horse, but uh, I recommend that to Kerr. I think he would like it. It's British, so I knew I, Kerr would be interested. Oh, he'd love it. Yeah, the British. Okay. I'm going to write that Mick, one down. Mick Heron is the author, I believe, and, and been okay. going through that one. All right, Bob. All appreciate right. it very much. Uh, great talking to you. Miss you around, but, uh, you know, I see yeah, the 49ers anyway, so what the hell? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, my friend. Thank you so much, everybody. That's the show Thanks for today. Me.